0: The Devils won a four to three OT thriller against their cross river rival, and they finally snapped their lengthy home game losing streak. I had the chance to speak with Damon Severson, Jesper Bratt, Lindy Ruff, and Jack Hughes post game. Yes, you heard me correctly. So I have a lot of uh, post game interactions to share with you guys throughout the course of this episode. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Devils. Buckle up, everybody.
1: You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Stephen stepped up, nailed it. has got the puck. What a shot! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member Trey Matthews. What is showing from the New Jersey Devils? They were able to walk away victorious against their cross-river rivals, the New York Rangers beating them in OT by a score of 4-3. to How the tables have turned, because the last time we played the New York Rangers was back at Madison Square Garden. The Devils had a 3-1 lead they blew that lead goes into ot and the rangers were able to walk away with the win same exact score and fast forward to the present at the prudential center the rangers jumped off to a 3-1 lead and the devils were able to tie it up goes into ot and this time it was the devils that were able to walk away where so the irony is not lost so this game for the devils was far from perfect but it was much needed, and it was still a good showing. Now, there's still some lingering problems that I have my concerns with, which is the Devils are still a little too top-heavy, but we can always rely on Jack Hughes to get us out of the muck, and there's still a lot to look forward to with this Devils team. So when looking at this overall game for the Devils, it it, it seemed like it was going to be a long night for them, because in period number one, they allowed Jimmy VC to get the First goal of the game within the first two minutes, it it took the Rangers like a shot or two to get things going. So VC, the former devil coming to town and just getting vengeance on uh, his, his team once again. So halfway through period one, the Devils had about 12 shots on Chaserskin. And unfortunately, once again, they continued to get goalied. And if you look at the deserve to win-o-meter, the Devils were like in the 90% range. And uh, yet they were still trailing one to nothing. And it's worth mentioning uh, when there was about three minutes remaining in period number one, the Devils got a power play because Ben Harper was assessed an interference call. And then literally a few seconds later, Adam Fox goes to the box for hooking. So the Devils had a 90-second five-on-three advantage, and they still couldn't capitalize. And they ended period number one uh, leading the shots on goal category 19-9. to Then we go into period number two. They gave up another goal. Vanacek only saw like 11 shots at that point in the game. Devils still struggling to get anything behind Sherskin. And we had to rely on Jack Hughes once again to just uh, give us some more momentum. But then Chris Kreider scores on a wraparound attempt. I'm sure VTech Vanacek would have liked to have back. So Devils go down three to one. So, At this point in the game, I'm just preparing for the worst. I just think the Devils are going to lose at home once again. I'm preparing my notes in the press box. I'm thinking about asking Lindy Ruff if he wants to see any potential changes made to the roster. But come period number three, the Devils were able to surprise me. So I said their absolute last chance was when they got the power play almost halfway through the third period. Because if they don't capitalize on this power play opportunity, they could pretty much kiss a comeback goodbye. Because... They're running out of time. They're running out of opportunities. And Jesper Brad came through once again for the Devils. But then Jack the Truth Hughes got his second goal of the game and tied it on another beautifully located shot on the near side faceoff circle. And it was an absolute sniper. We head into OT. Obviously, there were a couple defensive lapses from the Devils, but they were able to regroup nicely. And Damon Severson walked off uh the overall win for the devils and he came up clutch and severson is trying whatever it takes to clear his name and also give the defense the uh reputation it deserves because early on this season we were raving about how good the defense was for devils now as of late it seems like we're complaining about it a lot more i'll talk about that momentarily but the name of the game for devils is simply this which is i still feel as though they're a little too top heavy so Prior to the game, I asked Lindy Ruff about potential line changes and if it sparked his interest at all, especially with the uh, return of Andre Palat. So here's what he had to say. Pre-game. Lindy uh, I know in, in the previous postgame press conference you talked about the impact that Eric Kala has on the line with Jack Hughes is there any temptation to maybe switch up the lines especially with Andre Pilat added back into the lineup and uh, how inconsistent the team has been as of late
1: First, you look at a line that scored a couple goals if a line scores a couple goals for you uh, I don't think there's any reason to break it up uh, if you look at the number of chances that you know all the lines created um, it, it isn't about line combinations. Um, you know, if you have a line that uh, Jack scored two goals, Hall is in on, um, you know, we need secondary scoring. We need other lines to pick it up, obviously. But when you, find, you get a line that scores and they scored in back-to-back games, um, I don't see the reason to change it.
0: Now, Alex Shavansi tweeted something quite compelling, and I think it kind of preaches what I've been talking about on this show. So when looking at his projected line combinations on his end, he said, Brad, Heischer, and Holtz on the first line, Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Mercer on the second line, Palat, Hala, and Tatar on the third line, Wood, McLeod, and Boquist on the fourth line. So basically what Alex Shavansi is trying to get at is that maybe the Devils should just spread out their overall weapons because once again, like I just said moments ago, they're still a little too top heavy. Jack Hughes has been doing phenomenal. Nico Keisher is clutch, and Jesper Bratt, despite some of his struggles as of late, he's still a point per game player, or he hovers in that ballpark. So I don't have any uh worry in our baby big three, but outside of them, we need to find more scoring because, like I said, in the game against the Detroit Red Wings, you saw Dougie Hamilton get into the mix, you saw Alexander Holtz get into the mix, Michael McLeod get into the mix. And as a result, the devils were able to win by a comfortable margin on the road against the Detroit Red Wings. So that's sort of what I want to see uh, more in the future, because that's what made them so successful earlier this season. So when looking at like uh, that overall line combination for Alex Javonsi, I don't agree with it 100%, but I get where he's going at because in terms of just how the overall situation is for New Jersey Devils, I feel as though you need to move either Eric Holler or Andre Pilat to the bottom six. One of those two. Because for Eric Holler, I, I don't have anything against Eric Holler. I just want to make that clear. I'm not one of those people who say that he's worthless, he should be traded, he should be released, whatever the case might be. I'm not saying that at all about Eric Holler. I just don't think he uh, is like getting the most out of his production when paired alongside Jack Hughes. So Jack Hughes gets all the benefit when he's paired alongside Eric Hala. I believe Eric Hala will be more beneficial on the bottom six. Or for Andre Pallott, because during uh, Lindy Ross' post-game interview, he said that the second game is always tougher than the first one when you're returning from a long-term injury similar to Andre Palat. You've been out of the lineup for quite some time. So you're just trying to get your feet wet. Once again, you're trying to get back into it. So I feel as though for Eric Hala, put him on the bottom six, he'll have a bigger impact. Or for Andre Palat, you put him on the bottom six for right now, temporarily, until he starts to get back into that groove. So you're not asking too much out of him. So the thing that I see for Eric Hala is that Yes, Jack Hughes is benefiting really well in terms of just like puck possession because that's what Lindy Ruff was preaching in his post-game press conference after the St. Louis Blues game. But in my opinion, I think Jack Hughes will be just fine without Eric Holla because Jack Hughes is an elite player. He'll adapt really well. Jack Hughes has proven that it doesn't matter who he's paired alongside with. He's going to find ways to find the back of the net. He's going to find ways to score and he's going to find ways to handle the puck in any which sort of way. So Eric Haller does help in that case, but it seems like the relationship is kind of one-sided. So uh, Christy Flannery actually tweeted something quite compelling. She said, entering uh, tonight's contest, Yegor Sharangovich has 11 points in 14 games against the New York Rangers, which is his most among all opponents. He would have been my player to watch, except he hasn't registered a shot on goal since the team's January 1st game against the Hurricanes when he had three. So there's a problem right there. You're not utilizing Yegor Sharangovich. So you're utilizing Jack Hughes really well, which is why Jack Hughes is putting up big numbers. But I think Eric Hala can be a huge help to someone like Yegor Sharangovich because sometimes we're forgetting about him. And sometimes I say that he's wildly inconsistent, but I don't think Lindy Ruff is utilizing Yegor Sharangovich correctly because the one thing I say about Sharangovich is that he is a good depth player and he can provide a lot of offensive spark, but I just don't think he's getting the necessary help that he requires. So uh, last season, I, I, I kind of related to Nico Heischer. So uh, during the course of last season, Nico Heischer and his line mates, Nico Heischer was doing his business, but the people around him, weren't really helping him. So you didn't really see the overall rise in Nico Heischer's numbers, even though he was creating good looks. And I said, the problem is the Devils need to spread out their overall scoring because Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes were on the same line. I said, put Jesper Bratt on the same line as Nico Heischer and you're going to see Nico Heischer's numbers take off because uh, Nico Heischer can help assist on Jesper Bratt's goals and vice versa. And that's what we saw when Lindy Ruff decided to break off Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. So when Jesper Bratt was put onto the uh, second line alongside with Nico Heischer uh, during the course of last year, Nico Heischer was able to improve. So I want to see the same thing from Yegor Sharangovich, which is sometimes we forget that he's out there. Sometimes he's a non-factor. And I I think out of all of our bottom six players who do struggle – I feel like Yegor Sharon Govich is just put at an unfair position. So maybe if you put someone like Andre Palat on his line, or maybe you put someone like Eric Hall on his line, maybe you can see more impact from Yegor Sharon Govich. Because once again, we are a very top-heavy team for the time being. So when we're looking back at some of our games, I'm just trying to remember from the top of my head. So I'm thinking about the two Boston Bruins games. I'm thinking about uh, the Detroit Red Wings game, the St. Louis Blues game, the Carolina Hurricanes game. A majority of our scoring has come from Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, or Jesper Bratt. I'd say anywhere from like 75% to 85%, somewhere in that ballpark. So the the long story short is that uh, our baby big three is providing a lot of goals. And that's great because we, we expect that from them. But I think uh, if we want to see any sign of improvement, especially when we're trying to uh regain more consistency, we need to get players like yegor Sharon Govich going. So why don't you put Eric Halla, someone uh, who creates good puck possession, someone who's very versatile, and someone who can play a somewhat decent defense? Why don't you put them on the same line as uh Yeagor Sharon Govich or maybe Andre Pilates, someone who's an experienced veteran and someone who puts up decent scoring? he can also help out Yegor Sharon Govich. So that's my overall thought process for Lindy Ruff, which is maybe just switch up the lines just a little bit more, because it's worth mentioning that Jack Hughes was able to score his first goal of the game when Alexander Holt was out there alongside with Tomas Tatar. Now I get it was an unassisted goal, but at the same time, it it just goes to show you that Jack Hughes knows how to create for himself. He knows how to get his shots and he knows where to find his spot. Because I literally just said, he split two Rangers defenders and he was able to beat Sherskin point blank. So that's my overall thing. And like I said, I don't have anything against Eric Halla. I still think he's very vital to this team, but I think he could be utilized a lot better. And then for Andre Palat, he's trying to get back into the mix. He's still trying to get into a groove of things. So why don't you uh, just ease him back into it until he's a little more comfortable? But that's my two cent opinion when looking at the game, which is it was a great showing from the Devils. Once again, it was a great fight, but at the same time, I just think that our lineup can be utilized so much better. But anyway, let's uh, stop talking about the negatives and let's talk about the positives. So I can tell you what I saw from my vantage point up in the press box during OT when Damon Severson was able to send everybody home happy, but why don't I let Damon Severson tell you guys what happened firsthand? I had a chance to ask him about his big goal host game. Damon, I, I'm not sure if you've answered this or not, but um, take me back to that OT goal. What what was that feeling like? What led up to it?
1: Uh, just two on one play. A guy tried to, I think, make a pass through me and just blocked it and turned back the other way and um, saw that we had a two on one and just tried to, you know, hurry up the ice and find a way to either get a pass over to Nico or shoot the puck. And I just uh, had a little bit of room, so I took the shot.
0: So what does this goal mean for damon severson and our other blue liners well i think it's a big confidence booster because for dougie hamilton we've been talking about his defensive lapses i i raved about it in the previous episode we've been talking about damon severson and his boneheaded moves ryan Graves is still trying to get adjusted back into the lineup Jonas siegenthaler is still doing his thing but overall ever since john marino got hurt ever since uh Kevin Ball was in the lineup and didn't do too well. This time it was Nikita Holtuk. so we're still trying to figure out the situation with Ball and Holtuk, but still, it just seems like the defense has been a little inconsistent, similar to a lot of other players on the team as the year has progressed, because earlier this year we were just talking about how good the defense was for Devils, but I think they're starting to pick it up these last couple of games, because Dougie Hamilton, once again, had a big showing against the Detroit Red Wings. Now, obviously in the previous game against the blues, he was definitely one of the factors that uh, killed us. But uh, in this game for Damon Severson, getting that game winning goal, hopefully that's another momentum shift for our uh, blue line. So I think this can uh, do a lot in terms of confidence and in terms of just overall buildup for uh, some of our defensemen who are just trying to get back into the swing of things. And once again, just have that same level of respect that our forwards have. So we're going to talk about Jack Hughes and his overall showing momentarily. But first, I want you guys to make some extra cash. So I'm going to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting info. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device. to Learn more about the transaction, bet line where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly, and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so before we talk to Jack Hughes, I want you guys to uh, listen to this tweet. Jack Hughes today, twenty-three minutes time on the ice, two goals. One assist, 13 shot attempts, 11 on goal, two penalties drawn. What more can I say about Jack Hughes? He is the future, and he is just taking leaps and bounds in his overall development and just taking his game to another level. So uh, before the start of the season, we were talking about how Jack Hughes can have a Taylor Hall type of year and just try to uh, lead the Devils back into the playoffs and maybe get his name into the Hart Memorial Trophy race. So I doubt he'll win, but he could definitely turn some heads in that regard, especially if he continues his hot hand and if the Devils continue to just find that overall consistency. So I remember during Taylor Hall's Hart Memorial Trophy campaign, he was able to lead the Devils around the halfway point, and he just went on absolute tear. So I think that the same thing could happen to Jack Hughes. Now, let's hear from Jack Hughes himself about his journey and his overall progression from being drafted to now being a two-time all-star. He's a man of a few words, but here's what he had to say post-game. Jack, from uh, being drafted as an 18-year-old kid to now becoming a two-time all-star and and just coming up clutch for your team, what's the journey been like uh, up to this point and where do you see this team going?
1: Yeah, it's been good. Um, Obviously, the team's been taking a lot of steps and You know, personally, I've been taking steps, so um, it's all part of the journey. And you know, uh, I feel like we're in a good spot right now.
0: Jack has blossomed in more ways than one, and obviously, Damon Severson, one of the longest-tenured Devils, alongside with Mackenzie Blackwood, is a former assistant captain and has been Jack's teammate ever since uh, Jack made his debut in 2019. Here's what Severson had to say about Jack Hughes' development as a player. I know you come away as a hero, Jack Hughes also had a big game, and you being on uh, the team uh, for a long period of time what 's it like just seeing uh, this kid grow from a rookie to now a two time all star
1: yeah it's very impressive uh, everything that he does in the ice is uh, you know fun to watch and fun to be around so um, you know it 's nice to see him put in that work every day whether it 's practicing and games and He has fun with it as well. You can see the skill come out sometimes when he has the time and space and, um, you know, give him credit. Well-deserved two-time
0: all-star and um, I'm sure there's plenty more ahead of him. Thank you, Damon. So why do I call Jack Hughes the truth? I don't do it because it's fun. I do it because he, everything we've been speculating about him has come true. So when we first drafted him at, at the number one pick, We were expecting big things from him. It was a slow start, and statistically, he wasn't good. But over time, he has been able to improve. So his second year, he turned some heads in the East, and some teams around the Metro were just like, huh, Jack Hughes, he's actually doing somewhat decent. But nothing to write home about. But then come his junior year, especially when he was able to get that OT game winner during opening night against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's when I think the world was uh, formally introduced to Jack Hughes, the superstar. Now, obviously, he had to deal with injury last year, but we saw that overall potential. And going into the season, we said that Jack Hughes could have an MVP type of year, especially if he's able to lead the Devils to the playoffs. So I made a big prediction. I'm going to have to do some digging and find it. But I think I projected for Jack Hughes to have like 100 plus points and lead the Devils back to the playoffs. So, the Devils, barring anything catastrophic happening once again, I think have solidified themselves a playoff position. Now, how much further can they go? Because from here on out, like I've said many, many, many times, all they have to do is play 500 hockey. And Jack Hughes, he has answered the call. So, I call him the truth because he is the future and he is no hype train. He is the real deal, he is legitimate. He is now a two-time All-Star, and he is budding into the superstar that we all know that he's capable of becoming. And I think he's going to take over the league one day. Obviously, it'll be hard, but I think he's definitely going to turn some heads in the NHL world as he just continues to progress as a player. You heard it from Damon Severson. You heard it from Jack Hughes himself. The journey has been incredible, and I think Devils fans should be extremely grateful that we get to witness Jack Hughes, because we saw in this game, he took it upon himself to get the Devils back into the game. They're down 2-0. Who scores the goal to just stop the Rangers' momentum? It's Jack Hughes. Who ties up the game after Jesper Bratt gets his power play goal just a few minutes earlier? It was Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes has stepped up his game big time, and this game was big. For the New Jersey Devils. Why was it big you might ask. Well coming into this game. The Rangers were only one point. Behind the New Jersey Devils. In the Metropolitan Division. So if the Devils lost this game. The Rangers were going to pass them in the standings. And the Devils would slowly be on the uh, downhill spiral. But they were able to get the win. now the Rangers were able to walk away with a point. But still. You're able to just get the two points and just try to continue to build up a cushion out in the Metropolitan Division. So when looking at it, the Devils now have 53 points. Their next matchup is going to be against the Carolina Hurricanes, who are currently on a three-game losing streak. And maybe the Devils can once again start to just uh, build up the points and get back to first in the Metro. So they're starting to separate themselves from the Islanders and also Penguins because the Islanders are on a two game losing streak and the Penguins are on a six game losing streak. And my buddy Jersey Joe projects for the Capitals to go on the downhill, but in their last 10 games, there are seven, one, and two. So we'll see what happens in that regard. So this overall outing for New Jersey Devils was maybe not a must win, but it's a win you'd rather have. So uh jack hughes was not aware of how the standings were but he was aware of his overall stats so uh he had a funny soundbite for uh us media members after the game
1: did you know they were a point behind you coming in and if they had won they would have passed you in the standings no i didn't know that um but yeah that's, i don't know that's fine i didn't know
0: Jack, did you know you had eight goals in your last five games? I knew that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing anything differently that's been
1: leading to that success? Uh, No, man. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're shooting the puck a lot, it doesn't go in. And sometimes when you're shooting a lot, you know, you get the bounces. So, um, listen, I missed a lot of chances today, too. So, um, I think I had ten shots. and you know two of them went in so he obviously made a lot of saves on me as well
0: oh jack hughes every time uh he's interviewed it's always a show he's always entertaining he's inadvertently one of the unfunniest guys you will meet because he's not trying to be funny he's i think he's serious and he's just trying to get used to the media frenzy especially being a big day player so i don't think it's intentional but it's working so Let's talk about someone who was aware of the standings. So I asked Lindy Ruff if there was any added pressure coming into this afternoon's matchup. And he said... Lindy, you talked about the uh, playoff-like atmosphere and obviously this is a big rivalry game. You guys have been struggling at home. Is there any extra pressure to come away with a win, especially with how tight the Metro is like you previously just mentioned?
1: I I don't know if there's extra pressure. (laughs) There's just pressure. There's, there's, every game is important to this, to our club uh, as it is to theirs uh we played well against them uh we played two hard games in the garden uh it's back in our building we have to improve our play or improve our record here at home it's really going to be important to us we talked about that yesterday and we talked about it yesterday at length and uh we'd like
0: to get this win under our belt before we leave on the road okay the pressure was on the devils definitely were playing hungry they definitely had a sense of urgency so uh, after the game, I asked Jesper Brad almost the same exact question, but obviously worded a little different, wondering if it was more of a statement victory. Jesper, uh, big rivalry. Uh, you guys were struggling at home. Was this a statement victory for you guys, especially getting a big win in OT? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, these are the biggest rivalry games we probably have, and uh, the m- biggest games that we get into almost like a playoff playoff game, as I said before, so uh, this was a huge rivalry game, huge. Pl- uh, playoff type game and uh, as i said before we really
0: needed this extra point so this would shoot for us my overall thoughts are simply this devils are starting to regain their momentum just a little bit so it goes back to that first game of 2023 against the carolina hurricanes because they were able to send it into a shootout yes they weren't able to walk away with the win but at the same time you just saw the can't give up attitude then come their next game against the detroit red wings I said that was a game that I think falls into their favor, despite the Red Wings ha- at the time having won three of their last four matchups. I said the Devils, that should be uh, a winnable game for them. And they were able to run the Red Wings out of their own building for the second time this season. Now that game against the St. Louis Blues, it was a little disappointing, especially looking at what uh, Jordan Bington did to the Devils. And now look at his more recent game against the Montreal Canadiens. I'm just like, why do the Devils – get goalied, or why does the the opposing goalie just uh, choose to step up his overall game against the Devils? It doesn't make any sense, but digressing a little bit, that that game against the St. Louis Blues, that was an absolute stinker. But this game against the New York Rangers, a rivalry game, standings tight in the Metropolitan Division, big win for the New Jersey Devils, and they should be very proud of their overall effort because I think that's a momentum shifter for them because I talked about how Damon Severson gained that OT game winner that could uh, be a confidence booster for our blue line. That can uh, just create some more inspiration uh, around the uh, team. So Jack Hughes stepping up his overall game, he just is able to not only build momentum for himself, but I think for the people around him in more ways than one. So Jack Hughes has been phenomenal, needs a little bit of help, but I've talked about uh, my overall opinions on how Lindy Rush should handle the lineup card, but like we do with every post game recap, we're going to look at the final stats, and then I'm going to give the Devils a letter grade. So, shots on goal differential, 43 to 34 in favor of the Devils. For the first time in a long time, they led the shots on goal category and came away with the win. Faceoff percentage, 54% to 46% in favor of the Rangers. Power play, Rangers were 0 for 2, Devils were 1 for 4. Hits, 21 to 19 in favor of the Devils. Blocks, 30 to 13 in favor of the Rangers. Giveaways dead even for a piece. So if I had to rate this game for the Devils, they got off to a slow start. Rangers were up 3-1, and they infamously blew the 3-1 lead, and the Devils were able to win an OT. So if I had to give a letter grade for the Devils, I think I would give them a B B+, because... I can't give them an A just because they started off the game pretty bad. And once again, they got a lot of shots on Shister's skin And at least I could say they didn't get lead for the entirety of this game. But still, when you have a 5-on-3 advantage for 90 seconds nonetheless and you're not able to capitalize, or if you have some other good looks and you can't uh, find the back of the net, especially if you're trying to be a playoff team, uh, the, the excuses are starting to wane in that department. So the Devils have got to learn. How to finish? So they were able to uh, walk away with the win this time around. But I want people to know, uh, even though I'm optimistic, even though I'm happy that they got the W, this still was not a perfect showing from the Devils. So I give them a B plus. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. Uh, make sure to hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMat4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. Devils for today's episode, that's about the time I have for you guys and. Uh, I just want to say today was my final day of being a credentialed media member for the devils because I got to go back to school soon and the devils are going to be going on a lengthy road trip. So I have no idea what the future holds. It was a great experience. I met a lot of great people and uh, it seems like I formed good relationships. Seems like everyone uh, has a lot of respect for what I do for the devils. And I have a lot of respect uh, for a lot of people in the press box as well because a lot of them have been on my show before so I knew what they brought to the table but it's been a great experience and uh, I see you guys I'm not a curse because they won one and remember I was not at the game against the Florida Panthers so and they still lost so just putting that out there but uh, yeah it was a great experience hopefully I get to do it again sometime and um, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, know I'll keep you in the loop so Uh, Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. I might still keep the same intro. Part-time credentialed media member. Kind of has a nice ring to it. We'll see.